Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing Hello everybody, welcome to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, I am joined by my good friend, not very positive, Matt. Mate, that that music hasn't helped. Well, I thought it'd make you laugh. No. (laughs) All I'm going to say is I'm just glad that we are recording at, what, half past two the next day and not 8pm yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, do you know a lot of podcasts do that? They do like a, a straight away, they're going to go and record. And I was thinking to myself, no, don't no, do that. No, oh, the, the language it would have been last night, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was not happy. But I actually reached um, I reached the stage where I was sat there laughing. It's, stuck, I, it's got I, like that now, is it? Yeah, it's got there for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was watching it and I... I just couldn't get over the fact that Kane put the ball in the net four times and we scored once. <laughs> and, I, and I was just like cracking up. And we scored right in, like the 90th minute, I think. And I was sat there going, well, well I was probably going to get ruled out. And they shared like a replay. I was like, oh, yeah, he's probably four hair lengths offside there. Mm. Oh, no, it stands. Oh, that's wow. nice. You know, I was just yeah. kind of like, oh, isn't that great? Yeah. But the the irony of it is, is that you couldn't, we didn't, well, obviously no one was going to celebrate it. No, and that and there you go. They finally a goal that we score that we're not going to celebrate, yeah. and and it doesn't matter. You don't look like an idiot because we're going to yeah. celebrate anyway. Whereas the goals that he should have scored and we would have celebrated yeah. and looked like idiots, you know. Yeah, it's a weird old thing. I mean, I've got a bit of a running order for the show, right? And it's dangerous because right in the middle, I've written down fan questions because obviously what we always do, anyone who listens to the podcast all the time knows, we stick a post on our Facebook page. There's over 60,000 fellow Spurs fans on there. Um, You know, a real manic depressive society. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we're all in it together. And, And basically we say like, oh, you know, give us any topics you'd like to hear discussed. And I thought to myself, right, if I put that post out this morning, all I'm going to get is... Sheffield, you know, we lost, we're crap, this, that, and the other. So I thought, right, I'm going to throw a little thing on there, and I'm just going to say, obviously, we're going to talk about the Sheffield United game, but if there's anything else... Now, typically, mate, I think on a on an average week, we get maybe between, what, 3, 5, on a good week, 10, 10 to 15 comments? Yeah. Yeah, we're over 50. Wow. Do you know what that is? That's fan question enrichment. <laughs> I wonder if he's listening. If he is, I think he'll be very proud of you for that. Yeah, that was good. Um, so yeah, so basically, uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is obviously last night's result because the reason why we've done the podcast on a Friday this week it was because we thought, oh, we're playing Thursday night. 
it makes more sense to put out on the Friday record on the Friday and we can discuss the game I'm now regretting that decision yeah <laughs> I, would have been a, I would have been in a much better mood mate if we'd have done it yesterday yeah, yeah wouldn't we have? yeah <laughs> both of us uh, but yeah so for anyone who's lived under a rock and uh, gets their information on results from this podcast it finished Sheffield United 3 Spurs 1 uh, I believe Sheffield United had five attacks in the entire game. <laughs> Sorry. See, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because this is weird. This is just so mental. Um, we played against Manchester United and West Ham and felt, you know what? I know we're not playing good football, but at least it looks like we've sort, you know, tightened up at the back. At least it looks like we're finding some sort of way of defending again. And that was kind of my positive I could take away from the fact we weren't playing great. But at least these are grassroots, you know. Something we can hold on to is we're seeing some kind of coaching improvement in the in the side. That went out of window. Mm. <laughs> oh, my word. It's, I, I, it's, a second, it's a second goal for me. Just summed up how just awful we are at the moment in defence. Yeah. Like how how that that was, you, you see schoolboys defending better than that, don't you? You you really do, yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, I, I've it is the kind of goal that you see scored in like a FIFA or 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 a game where you're playing with a joystick. You know, it just yeah. in in real life football, a defender surely knows right. There's the man. If on this side of him, also known as goal side. Now I don't want to get technical on this podcast. <laughs> And I, you know, I know there's possibly some defenders listening, but if I'm this side, he can't shoot the bully thing in the netty thing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't get it. I, I'm just watching it, and then, like you said, that second. Do you know the funny thing? The reason why I laugh so much is because when that goal went in, it was so stupid. I'm thinking, well, he must have been offside or something. Yeah, it, it, it was we, too we easy. Must, we must have stopped because of something clear and obvious that the VAR is about. No, 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 <laughs> it's not. We were just that crap. Oh, mate. Do, do you know what? I, I've, I've spent a lot of time on the podcast with this hope, haven't I? You know, you know, you, you yeah. say it, don't you? It's, the, it's not the... Is it the hope? It's the hope that kills you. Is yeah, that? Is it the the, hope, is, yeah, it is. It is my. Yeah, it's the hope that kills. It's you. the hope yeah. that kills you. It's yeah. gone there, Sam. The hope's gone. I feel oh, like no. we're going to pull off Mourinho's mask in a Scooby Doo moment, and there's going to be yeah. AVB under there. <laughs> That's how it feels at the moment. That's the way I feel oh. like we've gone back to. Oh, that hurts. Just dreadful football. That's Ooh. not going to yield anything. I don't think that we're going. He's going to win us any trophies now no. because. I don't think he. I just. It's just a wrong fit. It's just a complete and utter wrong fit. Him, like if if he was to go to, like if Pep Guardiola was to say at the end of this season, that's it. Now I'm done. I'm going to go and find an, an, a new challenge. Mm. And Mourinho decided to take over at Man City. He will win countless trophies there, but he's not yeah. going to win any trophies at Spurs because it just he just doesn't fit with with Levy. Just, yeah. this, it's, it's just a miss, complete and utter mismatch. And I think I've always known that. But See, it's cause, that cause hope. I, I said that when we first got him, and you like absolutely bitch slapped me back in Sam, the face. Like, I had the no. I had the hope, mate. That's what I still <laughs> had the burning hope. But that flame just flickered out last night. That oh, flame people, of hope. People are listening to this and are possibly getting teary eyed now, mate. You are like the 
Mr. Positivity. You're like Santa Claus getting a blowjob whilst high <laughs> level of positivity about Tottenham Hotspur. And to hear this, this is distressing me more than us losing, man. Do you know what? I normally I don't am. have to cheer you up. I don't, I don't know what have it, to I, cheer you up. But do you know what I think it might be? Because, like, you know, when I go to games, yeah. we, you know, we haven't been great. I mean, even like, you even look at that Man City game that we won 2 0. Yeah, before we good. <laughs> before their play got sent off, that yeah. we were awful and that kind of masked it. But I've always normally been quite pragmatic after defeats and you know, it is what it is and there's more to life. But I just feel like it's just week after week and, and I genuinely mean this, that West Ham game. We won it two nil. But I think I might have even said it in a podcast last mm, week. It felt like time I'd never get back again. And we won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, we, we, yeah, the the first half against West Ham last the last game. So prior to this one, I actually did say in our group chat that that is literally, I think, the worst forty five minutes I've yeah. sat through yeah. in such a long time. And you know, I, I remember getting hammered by Stoke away four 0 and our own fans singing "We're effing shit." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I'm watching. I'm thinking, I don't think we were that bad in that game compared to this. Mm. Mm, Which yeah. is a worry, isn't yeah. it? Um, but yeah, so we lost three one to Sheffield United. Now I, I want to say this. I want to say Sheffield United have done really well this season. They're really well organised. They got no real kind of star players to them. They're just like a real close knit group that have played really well. They've got results over and above what anyone could have expected. And you know, good luck to I. You know, the manager seems like a really nice, genuine guy. The, the squad seems like a real together work hard and they did really work hard in the fence last night you know to nullify us um so i want to give them some credit i don't want to just say just how terrible we were but i'd you know a bit of credit to them because they had to take their chances you know they've not scored since the restart yeah they've they've, <laughs> they've, they've conceded six and got one point from three <laughs> games before they played us Sorry, yeah, I, I was laughing again. Um, it's like you know, we've not scored. Who do we play next? Tottenham. Oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah. That sort of so. Uh, I, I think I think part of the problem as well uh, for me, Sam. I know you probably you, you you don't get it so much where you where you are, but down here, it's just having to endure going to work today and endure the Chelsea yeah. fan and the Arsenal fan, and like it's not even. They're not even taking the Mickey. They're just this smirking, you know. Oh, you're yeah. a Tottenham fan. And and it's just mate, it's just getting harder and harder at the moment. I I think what it is, I've had years and years of just crap, and I yeah. think Pochettino, the Pochettino years, just just re re ignited my enthusiasm and made me believe yeah. again. You know, I believed. Yeah. And now that little fairy's flying off now with Pochettino. You know. <laughs> that does. <laughs> no, that's the name Jesus Perez. Don't don't don't. <laughs> Um, I honestly, yeah, I, I do get what you mean. It is difficult because we kind of had this, I was in the zone with Tottenham, you know, the results were what they were, we're always being the Premier League, it doesn't look like we're going to get relegated anymore, we might get a Europa League place, oh look, we're challenging for the Champions League places nowadays, isn't that novel? Mm. And then Pochettino came along and all of a sudden it was like, we could be something. Look at our stadium. Look at this squad. We could, we could do something here. And and now we're kind of going. Oh, I hope Harry joins a good club and wins lots of trophies. He yeah, deserves that. <laughs> just, just, just think back, Sam, to when the crowd were they all singing? He's magic, you know. We was yeah. all singing that. We were just winning. Even when we occasionally lost, yeah, we knew that. Never mind. We'll win next week. 
didn't we? Yeah. We fought that, yeah, yeah, and, we, and yeah. we never and we never lost playing badly. It was always for those yeah. two or three years. It was just week after week of just yeah. great football, and now it's just week after week of turgid shit. And then even <laughs> if we win, it's still turgid shit. <laughs> I, um, I, I think it's fair to say the Champions League. It's gone. It's gone though. Well there is gone. Absolutely yeah. nowhere. I mean, mm. I went into that game last night already saying that. You know, pundits and stuff were like, oh, well, a Tottenham win. It was like, uh, no. <laughs> Look at the other teams. Look at the way they're playing. I mean, Chelsea did lose the West Ham, which I think kind of people felt, well, oh, that could open the door. But nah, nah, nah. The, the, the top four is kind of set. Man United are there pushing. You know, this Leicester, I think, are the team will look most likely to drop out. Mm. Um, so yeah, the Champions League's gone. Now, Europa League, there's always this massive debate about Europa League. You know, would it be better to have a season completely out of Europe than be in the Europa League? What do you think? Like, what's your view on that kind of debate? Well, I know I've mentioned it before, and you know, when I did have hope, <laughs> I yeah. thought that possibly we could do what Mourinho did at Chelsea, where we just they're just not playing. All they just can focus on is the domestic. Yeah. Get two or three world class players in and win the league. <laughs> that ain't going to happen, is it? We're not, like A, Levy's not going to spend the money and B, Mourinho's not going to do that. So, you know, possibly just being in the Europa League just for a little bit of a European adventure again, maybe. But yeah. I'd, apart from that, I don't know if I care, mate. What about you? <laughs> um, I'm always very much... Uh, the swings and roundabouts with this. Um, there is... Uh, once you get to the latter stages, there is a financial benefit of being in the Europa League. The initial group stage, and I think the first knockout round, most clubs from England play it at a loss. It's ridiculous. You know, especially if you get drawn against, you know, Kazakh, Afghan, reserve thirds, and you've got to play the game in outer Mongolia, and you've got to travel all the way there and all the way back. The the money you're given by UEFA doesn't even cover the plane cost, you know? So yeah. so basically, you, you play it at a loss until you get to, the, I think it's the quarterfinal stages. Like, there's no reason at all with our squad. We, we couldn't actually progress and challenge for that trophy. But we've been in the Europa League so many times and had a squad on so many of those occasions which really should have been one of the best sides in the in the tournament. Yeah, sure. But players have just never taken it. Well, the managers, the players, no one's ever taken it seriously to actually try and go to win it. I think if Jose's in charge, he would. You know, he won the competition with Man United. And, you know, Man United fans deemed it below them, um, you know, but they went and won it and qualified for the Champions League that way. Um, I, I think if Jose's in charge, he would go after it if we were in it. Uh, it's a blessing and a curse. When it comes down to if we completely dropped out of Europe altogether, there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, that could be a benefit, a season out of it. Because some of the biggest clubs in our country have had, like, really weird seasons. You know, I, I remember Man City... Is it the year before they brought Pep in, finished like sixth? Okay. You know, or spending loads of money and stuff, and, you know, they or seventh or something, and they never qualified, and Pep came in, and his first year he kind of finished fifth. You know, it, 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 sometimes you do have these kind of transitional times, and we are going through a transition. So, again, I'm kind of like, well, drop out completely. And like you say, you lose X amount of fixtures, gives you X amount more time, to, to get straight when you play against the top sides more often than not they're going to have played extra games over you so if you play them on a Saturday they might have played Wednesday when you didn't so you know gives you more of an edge 
Yeah, you know, like I said, it's kind of swings and roundabouts. I'm never sure which is the right way, but um, I think from a team point of view, they just need to try and pick up as many points as they can, and wherever the hell we are, we are. There's, there's, it's 18 left now, isn't there? And uh, uh, points available. Yeah, 18 points available. But yeah. you know, what's the next one? The next one's at Everton, and that's that's not going to be easy. Nah, and then we've got no, the North right. London derby. So, uh, yeah, oh, God. Yeah. I mean, basically, I've written down here is the only thing left to play for. My God, this is depressing. In brackets, trying to finish above Arsenal. Mm. And they're and currently they're above us, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my yeah, I think that's it. I I think the only thing this team has got left to try and give us as fans would be that. And to be honest with you, and this is going to sound like I'm just having a dig at Arsenal, and it's not meant to be a dig at Arsenal in this particular sense, is they ain't an achievement at the moment. They they are having a real tough transitional time with themselves. They've been having that for a few years. And we've been finishing above them, you know, for what, for four or five years now? Mm. Our sights were, last season, nothing to do with them. This season, I'm back thinking, oh, well, if we finish above them, that'd be nice. At least it's something, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's bad, isn't it? You know, the, the kind of mentality shift that we're, we're heading back there, which kind of sucks. Um, I have got absolutely no doubt in my mind, by the way, that the fan questions is going to include questions about VAR. But I wanted to discuss it just because obviously the game last night highlighted it again. Me and you have sort of been chatting about it a bit as well. So I wanted to bring that conversation to the podcast. So if you've asked a question, it's in there. We will answer it in a minute, but we may well answer it ahead of time now. Um, last night's decision to rule out the Harry Kane goal, which would have been an instant equaliser, probably would have changed the complexion of the whole match. Um, firstly, again, purely my point of view, and you, you can chime in after um, by the letter of the law, it was a correct decision. So for me, VAR worked, but the law is stupid. <laughs> so that's that's my that's my particular view on that. What about yourself? Well, I know, like you said, we were talking about it on uh, we were chatting about it today. Yeah. And I've, I've been at work this morning, and I'm I was at a station where I was basically just stationed in this little wooden box. So if you can imagine one of these stations in the middle of nowhere, yep. and it's one of those where you can open one half of the door and one half stays closed. Oh yeah. So I felt fun. like you, you know when you go to a when you, when you go to those uh, car parks and the man collects your car park ticket, and he's got the bottom yeah. half. That's what I felt like. So people give me the tickets. I'm like, no, don't worry, I'm not doing that job. But you know, you come through. But um, I had plenty of time to think, and I was trying to perfect an analogy that would kind of sum up how I feel about it. Yeah. And I hope you don't mind sharing the one that I, I said that I thought kind of works for me on how yeah, I feel. For it, yeah. So what I said to you, because I know you've got you've got a little girl and I've got two children as well, but yeah. it, it's it feels like, you, you know, you, you, so your daughter's been knocked over by a jogger, so it's not her fault, so she's been knocked yeah. over. Grazes her knee and you're in a park and you just sit on a, on a wall it means that she can sort of stretch her leg and she can you know feel comfortable as opposed to sitting anywhere else now on that wall is a sign that says uh no one to sit on this wall and then right on cue uh park warden comes along and says i write jobs worth park warden and says come on off, off you get the rules are the rules off, off you get the wall <laughs> <laughs> now he's by the letter of the law he's 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 being correct 
Okay, yeah. but you've but you but you say to him, look, come on, look, she's I've just bought her an ice cream. She's smiling now. I've made her smile. She's happy. She's sitting on there happy. Can we just sit on here for a little while longer while she's happy? No, no, off you get. Come on, rules are rules. Now VAR for me is that Jobsworth Park Warden. Right <laughs> now, the rules Taking are the, the fun out of life. Yeah. Yes, that's the thing. Rules are rules. I understand. It's a rule. It's you can't argue with it. And so they have to the letter of the law that has. That the VAR is doing its job, but yeah, it just sucks the freaking joy out of it, you know. Like yeah. I'm just and and I'm, look, I know I'm, I'm acting like it's only happened to us, and and we have been on the other end of it where we've been able to laugh at Man City when it's happened to them twice in mm-hmm. far worse situations, like you know the Champions League quarter final, yeah. you know. But it, it, there's nothing more. There's nothing more um, demoralising, I don't think, than celebrating a goal, like seeing Kane score, go, yes, come on now, that's it, yeah. equaliser, come on. And yeah. then, oh, come on. It's, yeah. Mate, it just, it's doing my it's doing my head in, Sam. It's doing my head in. And, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing from the point that, that, that VI got it wrong. It didn't get it wrong. It did it, but it's just... I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. I'm sick of like celebrating a goal, getting involved, and then just bit the deflated feeling all the time. I just, I'm honestly, it's, I know VAR divides, divides opinion, and people will argue that you know there was the West Ham game. There was, the, 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 you know, I didn't, I couldn't see it, but people are saying, especially Moyes as well, saying that we we handballed it on, uh, you know, and lead up to one of our goal, our first goal, the, yeah. the own goal. So you know, these things work each other out, and you know, there was no sympathy for West Ham. I appreciate that, but they obviously were going through what we've gone through uh, from last night, yeah. and it, I just, I, I, for, for the sake of football, I, I don't know, I don't know what they can do. They just, I don't, I don't know how they like. I, I appreciate VR probably needs to be there, but. At the moment, I just I, I I really despise it, Sam. I'm really starting yeah. to despise it now. Yeah, I mean, I, I I completely get it. I mean, I think the one is like last night is what makes it harder for me is so I, I mean, I, I anyone who listens to this podcast on a regular basis know I, I come from a rugby playing background, and the advantage rule in rugby and the advantage rule in football were kind of brought in around the same time with the same idea with the idea being you know tactical technical fouls shouldn't stop the game flowing so you play advantage now the way rugby interprets that is if an advantage doesn't come you bring it back but in football like the minute the referee says advantage if the player then gets like falls over or something or like stops it's like oh well it's your own tough luck i gave you advantage I've always queried that because I've always sort of thought to myself, well, where was the advantage? You know, if a player goes through on goal, has a shot and he misses, well, you know, you had your chance. There was your advantage. But I've never understood. Like, so for last night, Lucas Moore was fouled. The ball was then booted into him. All right, if we're going to go by the letter of the law as it is now, handball. But why is it then a free kick to them? Mm. Why is the why is it not the VAR then goes yeah we're going to have to disallow that goal so we're going to bring the play back to the original offence which was the free kick to Tottenham because Lucas Moura was brought down but they don't it was given as a handball so basically the referee's given as referee's said advantage the ball's then been booted into him 
and then he's given handball against him. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and also, we, we didn't get an advantage because it wasn't a goal. No. no so there, so there no, is no advantage. No, there is no advantage. He's been brought back for a handball. So literally, he is fouled. If he hadn't have been fouled, he would not have been on the ground. And if he hadn't have put his hand out to stop himself from face planting the ground, it would. Do you, do you sort of mean it's like this doesn't make you know? And that's the kind of thing because it is so difficult. Because if you're a rule maker, how could you possibly think up every single scenario for all of these things to say, oh, okay, you know, this is the rule, but. If this happens, you do this. If this happens, you do this. So it's kind of like experience. As things happen in the game, they need to go, right, you know, this has happened. Clearly, that can't be right. So in future, if this happens, this is what this is what you should do. Yeah. Now, I'd kind of, as frustrating as I find it, I'd kind of be happy with that. I'd kind of go, okay, as long as the game is growing and moving in the right direction and we can all see it, like, you know, however frustrating it is for it to be the team it happens to, (laughs) you know, us on this occasion or a different team, you'd at least go, at least it ain't going to happen again. You know, Mm. at least we've learned from it. But the next round of games, that could easily happen again. Yeah. And I saw um, someone say online, like a, def- uh, uh, a former player, and I, I, for life I can't think who it is, and he, said, and he put there, he said, if I was coaching right now, he said, I'd be telling my, my defenders, you know, ain't, you know, smack it into them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because, exactly. Because if it, you know, it ricochets off their arm or their hand or something, no matter what happens next, it's, it's handball. And, and that's unfair, isn't it? What's well, weird? It's such a strange thing that because, of course, the, the thing about the the handball rule, which makes it a million times worse, is that if a defend mm. if that was a defender in the box and Harry Kane smashed that into him, that's not a handball. That's not a penalty, mm. and yet it's a handball the other way round. So how does that work? Yeah, and that I, I, and that's where the problems are: the, the yeah. inconsistency and the ridiculous ridiculous implementation of it and like you said the kind of common sense of refereeing is but and at the same time i will say this as well just to give the referees a bit of kind of support in this is you see a referee imagine if the referee on the pitch had gone no that that ain't amble no way you know you booted it right into him i'm sorry no it's not amble the goal stands he'd be ripped apart Mm. Mm. because everyone would be going, oh, the referees need to be consistent, yep. you know, it needs to be consistent, and it, and that's that's the problem. Whereas in the past, referees could kind of use their, you know, no, I don't think so, I think that was accidental, or I think this, but then they got ripped apart for it. That's why we have VAR, and now we're all mad about that. Yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> what, what, I think what's happened with the VAR is that, you know, we, 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 before VAR come along, there were decisions that you were like, oh my God, that is outrageous. You know, yeah. there needs to be some kind of video uh, technology yeah. to correct that. But it feels like it's gone too extreme now the other way. And it, and, and case in point would be the uh, West Ham game with, with uh, yeah. Sun's goal. It's becoming, yeah. they, they are doing it to the letter. Like there's no, there was a correct yeah, yeah, decision. Yeah. It was a correct decision yeah. to rule him offside. But it's just, it's taken, it's taken away... I want to find a better word, but it's just the, the spirit, the spirit of it. You know, it just it, yeah. it, it doesn't feel like, you know, we've we've, we've spent years well, and years watching football and and kind of maybe getting frustrated with something that oh that looked offside or you know he's got away with that one, 
But now, it, it, for, for me, the problem I find is just that beforehand there was mistakes being made and we get the hump about them then they normally even themselves out just like the VAR kind of thing does with a handball yeah. for me it's just this it's it's this kind of you know you, you're like, like I said you're celebrating the cane goal you're celebrating you stood up punched yeah come on and yeah. then and then it gets turned around and that that was never a thing before and I think that's the problem. Yeah. It's, it's going too extreme in, in correcting things. Too extreme. Yeah. And then you get, like, you know, with penalties where, you know, we've seen loads of examples where, you know, it's subjective and we're going, that's a blatant penalty. That's going to get yeah. more to penalty. And it doesn't. It's yeah. like, well, what is VAR there for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw a couple. Of, I know it's not our league, but I saw a couple of penalties that were given in Spain the last round of games because people were sharing them online. Basically, the guys have dived and they've been given as penalties because oh. their VAR won't overrule the on-field referees, and that's another issue entirely. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's just it's not working at the moment. And the thing is, like, football's nothing without fans. Anyone who's watching these games because of COVID nineteen and are watching it with the stadium thing, football ain't the same. You know, the fact that TV broadcasters are playing in folks, you know, crowd noise should demonstrate to everybody, the TV companies, the clubs, everybody, that football is not the same without fans in the stadium. Mm. It just isn't. It's crap. It's boring. You need that passion, that atmosphere, that kind of someone does a piece of skill and you want the, you know, you, you miss that noise from the crowd. Steve Bergwijn's goal against Man United deserved a noise that White Hart, the new lane can create, you know? It was my end as well. Yeah, I, I was yeah. there. I would have been just right above him when he can scored that. Can you imagine how mad yeah. you would have gone with that, bursting yeah. through and scoring? It just, it deserves that. And without it, it's rubbish. And the way genuinely football fans are feeling right now, it's like we're watching this and we're seeing these moments and we're kind of seeing football in a very different light right now. And it's like, when football returns to allow fans into the stadium and these Premier League clubs are going to go, right, guys, great news, you can come back. That's £500 for mm. you and your family to come and watch these games. I think a lot of fans will be like, nah, you're all right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm, I know Tottenham are playing crap right now, so it's easy for me to say that. But, I, I mean, they need to do something because... The VAR debate, I mean, I watch it online and I have seen a shift from the start of the season. A lot of people going, you know, it'll even out, it'll be okay. To now, even those people now saying, no, it's just not worked. No. You know, it has not improved the game at all. And that's the key thing. It should improve the game. Technology in cricket, I believe, has not interfered with the game. I believe it has improved the decision-making process. And in some respects, because of the slower pace of the game, it's kind of added an element of excitement at times as well. Mm. In rugby, technology has not ruined the game at all. And rugby union could be a bloody fast game, as fast as football. But the mics, the referees, they're all mic'd up and they're talking constantly. You know, the fourth official is like, right, I'm reviewing something. He's like, okay, let me know. You know, he's letting the game go, letting the game go. And then the fourth official go, right, stop it. I've seen something. Do you, do you see what I mean? It's yeah. like the game's still going. And that means because they're doing it whilst the game's still going, it means by the time the referee stops it, if you're a fan of the stadium, oh, what's going on? The referee will then go, right, this has happened. This is the decision. You mm. know, because he knows. He ain't got to stand there. Everybody's stand there. And he's like, okay, you know, holding my finger to my ear for five minutes. And then go, oh, yeah, nothing given. 
I mean, that's yeah. what's, you know, it's crap. But yeah. anyway, the VAR thing, that's going to run and run. I, I don't think they're going to do away with it. It's here to stay now. I just hope that they can perhaps realise that with the implementation, implementation of technology, the rules need to be changed. And the person who I think, like on offside, Arsene Wenger has suggested, all right, because of the way the rules are now, make offside that there has to be clear daylight between the attacker and the last defender. Because, of course, the interpretation of the offside rule used to be, if it's tight, the benefit goes to the attacker. Because we want to see goals. Yeah, of course we do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but now, it's no... Um, I think his left knuckle hair was slightly over the line. But so, you, no, but, it's offside. But you joke about that, but sometimes it literally is just like, yeah. you know, the width yeah. of someone's... Yeah, yeah, someone's knuckle hair. I mean, yeah. it probably, it probably well, had a cut of them, you know? <laughs> um, you've seen it, and this is a genuine thing. Uh, Dembele said with VAR and his broad shoulders, he'd have to run differently, otherwise he'd be offside all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, that's quite funny. Yeah, yeah good old Dembele. Uh, but anyway, mate, it's time for us to head to the fan questions. Are you ready for this? This is going to be a big one, I think. Yeah, let's go. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Well, a big thank you to everybody who's messaging. We are going to try and get through all of them. We're going to do our best. Up first is Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards says VAR. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Jonathan, we just discussed that. I hope we've covered the topics you want to hear. Um, Pete Powell says, Maybe discuss if there are other fans who think it might do us good to get a reality check and end this season bottom half of the table with no trophies to show. It might then jolt Mr. Levy and co into action and investing in the team. What do you think, mate? No. <laughs> I mean, he's been here for a few years. I mean, he's had plenty of opportunities to be jolted and he doesn't yeah. get jolted easily, does he? <laughs> Did you not, do you not think that that, I mean, I've got to kind of say that I think we could finish just outside the relegation zone right now and it wouldn't jolt him anything because of the COVID crisis and the yep. financial situation. I don't think they're going to spend a, a penny. No. No. That's uplifting for everybody. Um, <laughs> I, do, I do get where you're coming from, Pete, and if I thought it would work, I'd say yes. But sadly, I'm with my friend Matt here. It's, I don't think it will. Yeah, it's, it's the hope, isn't it? That, that, like I say, you know, you hope that will happen. But... You know, at some point, you've got to kind of, you know, kind of embrace reality. <laughs> you know, if, you, yeah. if you've gone through 20 seasons of hoping yeah. and, and every season you let down, at some point you can have to say, well, I can't hope anymore because it clearly, you know, nothing changes season on season. Oh, Matt, seriously, if there weren't a global pandemic right now, I'd be coming to give you a hug, man. <laughs> um, Mark Corder says, Jose is making us crave for having Pochettino back. But Pochettino was fired for a reason. Let's not forget how bad the results were, how bad the football had become, and how bad his demeanour was for the last 12 months of his time at Spurs. Do you think the squad needs a massive overhaul, and is is Jose the man to do that? Um, I'll put that to you first. I I have an opinion on that, but you go first. I mean, the only way I can see things changing, especially for next season as well, is if Mourinho brings in some of his tried and tested. I mean, I've said this before, but almost like a Harry, like what Harry Redknapp did, yeah. where he brought in tried and tested players he, he can trust. 
The but, tried and tested warriors in, in key positions. Yeah, that he knows. He's known Matic. for years. Yeah, <laughs> like that, you know. But um, it's, it, it comes down to the investment, and, and, it, and, it, and the investment won't be there, regardless of you know the money lost in this pandemic. Levy, you know, he does spend money. I appreciate he spends money. I mean, we, we have got some good players, but he will never spend the kind of money that's ever going to kick us on. No. No, okay. Um, for me, what you said then about Pochettino being fired for a reason, I, I would argue, Mark, that it was the cheaper of the two options. Um, Pochettino, the, the side did deteriorate, and the demeanour of him did deteriorate, and the results deteriorated, but my argument would be that that was less to do with him and more to do with the fact the squad went stale. You got to remember, for two seasons, he was crying out publicly as well. So you can only imagine what it would have been like behind the scenes that the team needed overhaul. It needed, you know, tough decisions. He talked about how you know beloved people needed to move on, and and he needed to get players in. He needed to make changes. Uh, it never happened. Now, of course, you can point to the stadium, the overrun, the the problems we had. But we went, I think, it's four windows or five windows signing only one player. Um, that's not good enough for a team with aspirations to be a Champions League team. And it's no surprise that everything then just fell apart because once things go stale, you know, look at Ferguson, look at Wenger. Managers with longevity don't come along very often anymore. Those two are the two kind of examples I can use. I mean, their team, season to season, was never the same. The core probably was, but it would be constantly freshened up. Two to three players in, two to three players out all the time. I mean, I remember Ferguson. I mean, I I can probably name four really good Alex Ferguson teams during his time at Man United because he constantly evolved it. You know, the first one that won the title had the likes of Pallister, Bruce, um, you know, Irwin, Paul Parker, was it Paul Parker right back? That's Who right, yeah. Parker? It was Parker anyway, you know, Smichael. And then that team moved on and you had the, you know, class of 92 come through and he added players like, you know, Kanchelskis, Paborski. Um, it's, it's kind of embarrassing as a Tottenham fan that I can do this about Man United, by the way, but <laughs> it, it just, he, he built these teams, these phenomenal teams over and over again, just by constant small, small changes, small changes, small changes, bringing through players, signing players, adding the right players at the right time, which meant that it was constantly fresh. He changed his coaching staff around as well. I think Pochettino's going to have learnt from that. I think he's going to have learnt from the experience with us about, you know, freshening things up. But I think Daniel Levy and the board need to carry enormous responsibility to why Pochettino's reign with us ended the way it did. Um, And I think that's possibly why fans are missing him now and kind of missing those two years where things were great because it was after those two years where he kind of overachieved but we were just probably one of the best teams to watch in Europe at that point Mm. Uh, I mean I know we weren't one of the best teams in Europe I'm not saying that but just one of the best teams to watch definitely um he um it all went from there but we never signed anyone you know five windows one player that's not good enough and, and and also we didn't shift people you know Daniel Levy's there he was demanding something like 25 million for Wanyama on one leg yeah yeah it's ridiculous and now he finally just basically got free transferred out of the club because it's like four windows too late four or five windows too late if 
if we'd done what the club were trying to do, you know, look at Paul Mitchell, our director of football. I mean, I I don't think he's as amazing as people seem to think he was, but he's a guy who literally quit and went on gardening leave because he was so frustrated with working with Daniel Levy. Yeah, I, I don't I don't blame him. And, you know, <laughs> the, the Man United example is brilliant. I, I don't know, obviously, Ferguson had the... the, the um, you know, because he was winning things all the time, he, he was yeah. he was able to let players go. But he yeah. let some big players go. Yeah, I mean, big like time, yeah. big players were allowed to leave, and and he yeah. got big players in. And I just, yeah, you, you're right. I mean, the the, the core the, the core of the team at Spurs. You know, we we developed some great players. I mean, you, you know, we've we've got some of them still. But it's just the fact it was allowed to go stale. And yeah. you know, we we joked at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, you know about the, the team in, team in Richmond, <laughs> I love yeah. but it yeah. is right, exactly yeah. what we need. Team in Richmond, we need we needed to freshen the squad, freshen it up, and have, have players challenging for their places. Like you know, yeah. there's nothing yeah. better than a, signing a quality midfielder, and then all the other midfielders thinking, "I better up my game here because they've just signed a quality midfielder, yeah. so I need to improve." Yeah. Whereas if you know that for the next two or three windows, nothing's going to come in, so you know. Do I need yeah. to really push myself? Well, and that's it. And you think about the way he had them training and stuff. They're going to be thinking, oh, I don't need to do this. I'm no. not going to get picked. Yeah, no one else is. When he first came in, the players who came in bought into it, the young players he brought through were all, all firing and he cleared house. You know, Pochettino cleaned house. I mean, mm. you think about the players that were there that went, you know, Kabul, Adebayor, Soldado, you know, Paulinho, like real kind of... Uh, big money signings, if you like, and they were just cleared because they had to be. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. We, we could talk about that for an hour. I won't. Uh, Darren Henry says, in the 30 years it took Liverpool to win the Premier League <laughs> or win a top title again, how many trophies did Spurs win during that time? Bear in mind, 20 of those years have been with Enoch. Three, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Two league, two league, two league, two league trophies and one FA Cup, or two league, yeah. league cup trophies and yeah, one FA Cup. Two league cups, two league cups and one FA Cup. Duda, duda. Um, there you go, Darren. I don't think I think you were just trying to depress us again, Darren. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Simon Whiteman says, "How do you feel about the strong possibility of no European football next season?" I'm not down about it, as the team can concentrate fully on a good league position. Well, funnily enough, Simon, we were just talking about that, mate, so I think we've kind of answered that. Um, Hopefully we've answered it to your satisfaction. Michael Joseph says, I haven't seen this many questions since our last loss. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's not wrong. Um, Steve Warmer says, what's everyone planning for the weekend? Which pubs are you looking forward to visiting? How the grass is? How's the grass looking? Anything but Spurs, maybe. I think Steve's suggesting the topics. Mate, the pubs are opening this weekend. Are you planning to actually go out and sit in one? Don't go to the pub. Don't go no, to the I'm, pub. Yeah, I, I think I, look, that's I, mad. I, I just very, very briefly, very briefly, because we've got a lot of questions. But yeah. look, it's clearly the pubs are being opened because he knows. And when I say he, I'm talking about the prime minister. Yeah. Knows who to appeal to. What what the, what the, you look at um the, the, like my, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday actually you look at now salons right they're not allowed to be at, mm. to, to, to no. right uh-huh. right now you imagine 
before lockdown, before this became a thing, not that I go to nail salons, right? It's not a thing I go to, but but I've normally, I've I've gone in there before and maybe picked up Vicky when she's in there. It smells clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Badly in need of a manicure before this podcast started. Don't you listen to him, boys and girls. But but you you go, you go in there, Sam, it smells clean. It smells lovely. It smells disinfected, right? You go into a pub, it stinks. Right. Now, you'd think, logically, that the nail salon should be able to be open and the pub shouldn't. So, that's all I'm going to say. More than that, mate. The staff are wearing bloody masks, full-on PPE anyway. (laughs) uh, (laughs) My office building is above a nail bar. So, literally, I walk past one every day I walk into my office, back when I went into my office. And the the woman who's in there, lovely woman, but she's got like a a glasses on. She's got like a mask on. Mm -hmm. She's wearing like pretty much a, a, like a, what I call it, like a poncho thing (laughs) covered. But, but no, that's not all right. But yeah, you can go in your pub with, you know, Dave, the barman, who's going to, you know, sort you out and And everyone's going to be socially distanced. Socially distancing in a pub is going to last about two and a half pints. Yeah. All you've got to look at, all (laughs) you've got to look at, Sam, is, all you've got to look at is VE day. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone, everyone had these socially distanced street parties until they got drunk and then they're doing the bloody conga together. And I, 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 listen mate, I like a drink and I know that after a few drinks, I don't give a shit. (laughs) No, no, exactly. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm steering clear. Um, how's the grass looking? Not bad actually, Frankie mate. I had to reseed my grass front and back because with the weather, I had like great big mud patches come up. So I bought some online, I've laid down and now we've had beautiful sunshine with rain and it's really come on. So thanks for asking mate. That was kind of you. Um, Kelly Flowerpot. Kelly, is that, is that really your surname? Kelly. Surely changed by depot. It's Flowerpot, but P-O-T-T. Okay. See, see, I'm saying that, but I went to school with a girl called Holly Bush. Oh, there you go. Mean parents. (laughs) Yeah, that's cruel, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's Kelly Flowerpot. Hello, Kelly. Um, why why we choose, or why did we choose to play Aurier and Davies while Cessignon doesn't get a look in? Um, it's a valid question, um, because Cessignon is fit, but didn't even make the bench yesterday, which I find odd when the kid's like rapid pace. You'd think, given the sort of legginess in most teams coming back to play these games a guy like him coming on as an impact sub could be huge um Aurier I think is the only natural right-sided player we have um Foyf who can cover right back and Tanganga are both injured so I think Aurier is going to get picked until he drops Davies a lot of people don't like Davies I quite like him Am yeah, I he's, alone in that? No, he's he's solid, isn't he? He's yeah, he's, he's never gonna he's never gonna uh, what's the as the saying pulling up trees at the same. Yeah, I, he's never gonna set the world alight, but he's solid. Is it because I grew up with like Edinburgh and Nevercott and Austin? Uh, when I see a fullback like Davis, I'm like, he is so good. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps you know. Perhaps everyone's still got 
prime Walker and Rose in their minds, and that's that's the fullbacks everyone's comparing them to. Yeah. Because because we ain't gonna get that again. No. <laughs> no. no. Uh, but Kelly, thank you for your question. Thank you for your lovely surname. I enjoyed saying that. Um, Wesley Sudama says, let's talk about Pochettino Jr. and Tanganga. Hope both players will play more next season. We should talk about the other under-23 players. We could potentially be promoted to the first team. Pochettino Jr., of course, signed the new contract with the club this week and caused a meltdown. Why did he cause a meltdown, Matthew? Because his dad was behind him. And his dad had a Spurs t-shirt on and also... I, I yeah. noticed something that I don't know if everybody noticed. You look where Pochettino is pointing to. Yeah. I to know. the badge. Yeah, so it caused a meltdown. Do you, want, do you want to hear something funny, right? I'm really enjoying this. So within minutes of that picture going around, and it was posted on the lad's Instagram, and he posted two pictures, one of him and his dad posing, and one of him actually signing the bit of paper. Everyone went... That picture's from ages ago. Yeah, that's what my major thought di- was. It's, yeah. it's a different pen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that was it. Conspiracy theory. Within seconds. Anyway, Pochettino Jr. often on Instagram does ask me anything, right? And someone asked him, why well, is it a different pen? He went, because it was my dad's pen and we posed for a picture with the posh pen. <laughs> So the conspiracy theory went fast because I, I enjoyed that. I saw that show. Um, the other thing, which is... The thing that made me laugh is he went, you know, it's his dad, and his dad's proud of him, and he went, and he obviously went and said hello to everybody. I can't get my head around the decision making of throwing on a Tottenham t-shirt because it would have been a decision. It would have been a deliberate decision to do that. Is that kind of like, you know, I I don't know. I can't wrap me around because if you're in the middle of talking to other clubs about jobs and stuff, would you do that? Probably not. You know, people yeah. might think, "Oh, we're a we're a placeholder until he can go home again." Was it things aren't working out with Jose? Look, I'm still here, everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was it was weird. It, it was just felt like, yeah, you know, I love the guy and everything he did for the club, and he just seemed such a genuinely great bloke as well. But I found that a little weird. I, I, you know, who shows up? You know, if you get fired from your job, do you show up with your uniform still on? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's the weirdest part of it. it the fact odd. that he's it been sacked odd. and yet he's he's kind of like yeah, posing with his son in the, at Spurs in a Spurs t-shirt, pointing at the badge. Yeah, and he was sacked like a few months yeah. ago. I don't understand. Yeah. Well, perhaps from his point of view, he's like. Daniel Levy's an ass, but I love this club and I love the yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what I'm going to take away from it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, um, uh, players in the under 23s. There's a fair few. Um, Tanganga definitely. Uh, he's in talks for a new contract. Um, we know Pot Junior just signed one uh, a few seasons ago. I'd have told anybody he ain't going to make it, but last season he really came on. I'm like really impressed in like every game I've watched. So. Um, I don't know if he's going to get a shot or not, but who knows? He, he, yeah, I watched him a couple of times. I watched him a couple of times at Stevenage, and uh, yeah. yeah, he looks good. He was really yeah, evolved, he, really evolved. Yeah, he, yeah, he does. He's like really. It's strange. Obviously, it's just players. You know, uh, I don't know what the word is, but trying to come into their own at all different ages. Like some really young, and you're like, wow, and you're blown away by him. But like Kane, for example, when until he was like 21, 22, people went, oh bloody hell, you know, he's he's got something. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's strange. Um, other players, yeah, there's a fair few. Um, 
I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I, I've fallen into this trap before where I've named names and then I get crucified, so I'm going to stay quiet. <laughs> uh, the next question is from Stepin Stefan Super Sub Cruz Alvarez, who says, Can you teach me how to manage more than 25 minutes before I switch the match off? Um, yeah, ketamine. <laughs> uh, Chris King says, Why we haven't won the league in 60 years and only one trophy in 20 years under Enoch? It's a total and utter embarrassment. Well, yeah. It's not great. No. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it's an embarrassing. I know people say, oh, it's embarrassing, it's embarrassing. Well, it, it yeah, I suppose it depends on your point of view. I, I, um, I'm I, not embarrassed to be a Tottenham fan. I've never been embarrassed to be a Tottenham fan. Yeah, there have been occasions in the 90s where somebody goes, oh, do you support? And I go, Tottenham. <clears throat> Tottenham. Mm. <clears throat> but I, I've never been, you know, it's not like we're relegated up and down. It's not like we're West Ham up and down like a, you know, proverbial girl's knickers. It just... It doesn't. I don't get. I don't get the embarrassed thing. I, you know, we're we're the fifth of all teams in England. We've won that. We're the fifth team that won the most trophies. I don't know how to word that. Sorry, I've I've done it poorly. But we're the fifth most successful team in England. There you go. I got there in the end. So why the hell am I embarrassed by that? That's that's weird. I I don't I don't get that. I mean, I'd love us to win trophies every season, but in my lifetime, that's not happened. I'm thirty seven years old. Yeah, I had to think about that, and I, I've seen us lift four trophies. I think five have happened in my lifetime, but four that I can really remember. So I'm not, you know. I think right, it's whatever. I think it's the Sam. I think for me, it's the it's the smugness of other, especially London clubs. So, like yeah. for example, if you're yeah. a Chelsea fan, they've won countless trophies over the years, yeah. so they can smugly look at us. Arsenal are struggling the last few years, but yeah. even yeah, they won yeah. three, four FA Cups in, every year for yeah. you know. So. You know, they're the kind of clubs that make you feel embarrassed. I mean, like, you know, yeah. if you get a West Ham fan trying to wind you up, you're like, give it a, give it a rest, mate. You know, you support West Ham. Yeah. But it's these, it's the, like, and also, to say, like, cause down south, I'm talking about Chelsea and Arsenal, uh, Arsenal, but obviously Man United's another one. You, everyone knows loads of Man United fans. Yeah. And I mean, they, my, can, um, they can say. My, my eldest brother's a Liverpool fan. Um, and so if all they're gonna want, insufferable yeah. at the mm. moment. But yeah, no, I do get it, and I, yeah, I suppose I, I just, I kind of like um, at the moment, I'm just like, yeah, we're having a crap year. You know, what can people say to that? Like, yeah, well, you're crap all the time. Yeah, all right. Well, if that's what you think. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I've just become thick skin to it. Um, Mark Ivy says, mid-table mediocrity. Here we come. Feels good, doesn't it, Mark? Feels like we're back where we should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, Simon Coggin says. How quickly can we get Levy and Enoch out? There, there's a question. Uh, Simon, not very quickly. Um, we need a purchaser for the club. Uh, Enoch valued a club at over two billion in the current financial climate. I think probably the owner of Amazon's the only person who could buy the club. Um, oh, that'd be nice. Who, get Jeff Bezos over. He's it's such be- a nice guy as well. You know, his staff will say wonderful things about him. Oh no, wait. His staff are basically working themselves to death whilst he earns billions every minute. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, actually, if Tottenham are going to get sport by anyone, it's going to be like a guy like him, that, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's the that is the only way that we are going to. I think the only way that we're going to become successful on yeah. the pitch because you know they obviously Newcastle are looking at those owners and they'd transform yeah, them. Yeah. And we've got everything there. The problem we've got, I suppose, is the value of our club. You know, that's going to put off off mm. potential 
buyers. But if we can, well, yeah, if we can have yeah. an owner that owns a country, you yeah. know, then I think that's that'll be our golden era. I think. But until then, mm-hmm. it's just never going to happen. And that is the, unfortunately the reality. Yeah, and also anytime Chelsea fans go on about stuff like that, ask how many trophies they'd won before a Russian born. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Butcher says Jose should never have been given the job his style of football is outdated and it proves a point I've always said he is not a coach he only buys success so it's time for him to go sooner rather than later Um, Wayne it is very difficult to argue with you on that because evidence would point towards everything you've said the only thing I'd say and this is the only thing I think any of us can cling on to is he did come in mid-season, and also this season's weird. I know this restart feels like a new season, but it's not. You know, it's, it's, this is weird. These are circumstances that are just all over the place. And he's done it with a camera in his face from Amazon every step of the way as well. Um, Do you know what I said? Maybe... Sorry, sir. Sorry to yeah, interrupt no, you. On. I was going to say, you know, you're talking about the season being weird. Yeah. You know, I said about Man City had that last-minute goal ruled out uh, because of handball, accidental handball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was in Portugal with my family and some friends last summer, and yeah. we're still in the same season. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Bloody hell, yeah. Ooh, that feels... Ooh, oh, Matt, I've got a stat for you. Go on, mate. And this is an awesome stat for everybody listening. Harry Kane is now the only Premier League player to not only score in every day of the week, so Monday, Tuesday, he's scored in every day of the week in the Premier League, oh, he's also scored in every month. That's wicked, isn't it? With his goal against Sheffield United, he's now scored in June, July, August, every month. <laughs> That's quality. And, and Sheffield United were the, were the only team that he hadn't scored a Premier League. So, he will so stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's scored against every team he's ever played against. 39, oh, I don't know. That's but yeah, there you go. That's that's a that's Fantastic. a stat from Matt. A stat from Matt. Sam stats. Um, there we go. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Wayne. Uh, appreciate your question. Not really a question. It was more of a statement. But yeah, you're right. At least the fans aren't wasting their money as well as their time watching this shit. That's from Lee Williams. <laughs> well said, Lee. Um, Bernard Sutcliffe says, "How much longer have we got to put up with Jose and his negative tactics?" He is slowly but surely undoing all the good work that Pochettino did at the club, and the football is boring. Uh, it was yeah. unraveling. It was unraveling before Mourinho turned up. Obviously, I know we've discussed that, but it was unraveling, yeah. wasn't it? Before then, it was. Uh, Jake Sadgrove, I think I'm saying that right. Looks like a rebellion is brewing. Thanks for the stadium, but you don't know how to get this club winning. He's obviously discussing Enoch and Daniel Levy. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't know what to say to that. Uh, Wayne John Hill says, "Yes, get rid of Levy and Lewis. Time for a change at the top." It's true. Yep, um, I agree. Robin Dean says, get Mourinho out and beg Pochettino to return. Yeah, do you know what? I'm glad he said that because I would take that if that was on offer. Wouldn't you? Really? Yes. I, I would say, right, can you imagine the season comes to an end, right, look, we've realised now this ain't working, Mourinho. Thank, thanks for trying, but it ain't working. Yeah. Come back, Poch, and all is forgiven, and we're going to give you some money now to start a new project. To, to clarify, <laughs> right? Would I would I prefer Pochettino to be the manager of Tottenham Hotspur? Yes, okay, uh, that that's a yes, one hundred percent. But with our current owners, 
we could have Pep Guardiola with Jose Mourinho as director of football and Mauricio Pochettino as head of coaching in team talk. Yeah. And we would not win a damn thing. We still thing. wouldn't even win the League Cup again, would we? <laughs> because you like, there's only so much you can do. It's like a rate. It's like a a guy driving a Formula One car, and constantly coming into the pit lane, going, "I need new tires." And the chairman goes, "Ooh, do you need all four? Yeah, you yeah. sure you need all four? How about two? See how you get on with two. Look, see you finish the race. What more do you want? <laughs> yeah, but I could have won the race. Yeah, but you know, do we want to win the race all the time? <laughs> maybe <laughs> once. Maybe once, Just Dan, once. would be nice." <laughs> Do you, do you know? Do you know what we're forgetting as well? I, know, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but if we do yeah. finish ninth or below, yeah. then we've probably got a decent chance of winning the League Cup next season because the top eight aren't going to be in it next season, are they? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so, um, because of the way the seasons work out, um, the next season is going to be truncated. So the top, I think it is a top eight of the Premier League will not be entered into the League Cup next year. Good chance. Oh, go. Good chance of winning oh, the cup eventually. That's what he's doing. That's, of course oh, it is. Jose. Oh, we never. All is oh, all is forgiven, Jose. We've we've worked at you, tactical genius, <laughs> you little devil, you Portuguese maestro. <laughs> I see what you're doing, and he's in the press saying, "Oh, we're trying. We don't know what's going on." You know, you know, you sneaky devils. Do you know I what though? I get it now. But Lucas handballed that on purpose. Yeah. He didn't want us to score. He must he have threw done. himself at the ball. Of course he did. <laughs> because Sam, it makes sense. Look, yeah, we finished. We finished ninth. Yeah. No, no Europa League yeah. football. We win yeah. the League Cup and we win yeah. the title. There we go. He's yeah. going to do the double next season. Oh, hang, oh, hang on. You said win the title. Now I'm lost. Now that that doesn't compute. That doesn't <sighs> make sense. So you know what's happened? Um, Is that little flicker of hope yeah. is now just yeah, reignited? So, yeah. <laughs> Oh dear, I think I preferred manic depressive Matt compared to deluded Matt. Um, Neil Smith says, we need to protest outside the ground, kick up a stink, they have to go. No, Neil, we do not. It's a global pandemic going on. Yeah, Stay at home. socially distance. <laughs> Mark Efferenson says, Enoch out, clubs going nowhere. I agree, Mark. Yeah, um, I agree. Ed Stahl says, similar to Real Madrid's situation with Zidane, do you think if Mourinho's philosophy and results do not change... Pochettino could realistically return. He seems to be keeping relatively good terms with the club, with his son signing a new contract and publicly saying he wishes to finish what he started while a while back. Stranger things have happened. Cheers, guys. Ed, you're not wrong. Stranger things have happened, and it would kind of, it would kind of almost finish this bizarre year of football, wouldn't it? With kind of. <laughs> Jose had a clause in his contract, which was if he didn't make Europe, the club could like shake hands on a severance package, and uh, you know it'd just be some weird. It, I've been mean, Amazon people who signed this documentary must just love our club. <laughs> they must just be like, "Thank you so much." We've done these documentaries on the All Blacks, New Zealand rugby team, Manchester City. It was all very look how great we are. This is what we want. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is this is the gift that just keeps on giving, isn't it? Tottenham Hotspur, thank you so much. You know, you started the season with all this positivity of signing Undumbele. You're finally signing players again. You're going to kick on. Then you sack the manager who's done brilliantly for you for five and a half years. You bring in Jose Mourinho the same day, the, the serial winner, and he does crap. We have a global pandemic. You get knocked out of everything. You, you, everyone's injured. <laughs> we, then, we, then we do Project Restart, and you're crap again. Yeah, everyone's fit, and you're still crap. Yeah. yeah. 
and then you sack that guy and you bring back the first guy. Yes. And then and then and then the last scene of the documentary is Pochettino sitting down in his office going, Oh, it's good to be back. It's good to and be Daniel back. Levy look and Daniel Levy looking round the door going, Um, we're not gonna be able to sign anyone. Uh sorry. <laughs> and that's it. The last scene is Pochettino's just face haunted, like like he's seen a ghost. There you go. I thought you was gonna say Daniel Levy turns around and go, Two sugars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Welcome back, mate. Yeah. Welcome back. Where's my dry cleaning? Um, Michael Cook is the next person that says, are Sanchez and Dyer good enough? Well, there's a loaded question, mate. Um, the first two games, you'd look at it and say, yeah, they were looking really good. Yesterday, you'd say absolutely not. Um, the reality is our defenders are all going to continue to look crap until we as a team learn how to defend. Yeah. Um, you cannot defend when your right back vanishes. You cannot defend when your position is all over the place and you don't have any form of shield. It is not a coincidence, and I've said this before, that our best defensive seasons ever in the Premier League was when we had Wanyama at his peak or Dyer at his defensive midfield best. Those two and Dembele meant that the team, our defenders, looked brilliant. And since that has crumbled and went and we never replaced it, our defence has gradually got worse and worse and worse, regardless mm. of who's playing. Mm. So, yeah, I'm not sure if we can really judge them as they are, because I think you take Sanchez out and put him in a team that's structured and know what they're doing, everyone's going to go, wow, why wouldn't he that good at Spurs? Yeah. Well, he is, he just ain't getting any help ever. Um, Louis Freudmunt says, how do you support Spurs, how do you support Spurs without depression? <laughs> That would be a helpful tip. Um, Louise, see see my ketamine comment earlier. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. Um, it's not Louise. I think it's Lewis. Sorry, Lewis. Yeah, now you've made me more depressed. Yeah, I have. I've just called him Louise. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I um, I literally need to wear glasses now. I think. I think this. I'm reaching the point where I have to give up. <laughs> um, Raymond Hamilton says Mourinho out. Thank you, Raymond. Michael Cook says, will Levy realistically open his wallet this summer? No. No, a hundred times no. Stephen Clark says, shameful inept performance last night. Levy and Jose need to go. Yeah, why not? Bring back George Graham, that's what I say. Uh, David Hunt says, questions? Many? Why? How? Who? Why? God? Why? (laughs) Talking about God? What kind of of podcast do you think this is? Yeah, well... I think I think David's just looking for some divine help. Um, <laughs> Carl Westerman says I'd still rather listen to the government's COVID nineteen bollocks than Jose. God, that's saying something, isn't it? Jeez, that's desperate wow, times. Yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah. Kareem C. Comfy says from a bit of positive news, the extension signing of Pochettino Junior. I heard he got he got a lot better this year after being described as nothing special previously. Um, can you, Sam, with your youth contacts, flesh out the improvement any further? <laughs> um, uh, I think you've done that, haven't you? Already. Yeah, yeah, I've kind of already answered that. Uh, Leslie Bowell says, I give up. Yep, yep, <laughs> I, I hear you. Neil Smith says, agree, agree, get that tight-fisted, hmm, Levy out and Enoch out, and the useless, hmm, Mourinho out, our club is, hmm, and going nowhere. <laughs> Okay, Neil, I'm going to read your comment again, and I'm going to replace a word you lose a lot with the word fluffy. Uh, Agree that that tight-fisted fluffy Levy out and Enoch out, and the useless fluffy Mourinho and our club is fluffy and going nowhere. 
Anyway, uh, doesn't Jake make any Bean more says, sense, sir. <laughs> no, Jake Bean says, "How can Levy look himself in the mirror? Why are Enix such fluffy?" <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think they 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 look in the mirror and they probably just hold their wallet in front of them. I mean, that's a nice way of making themselves yeah. feel better because. Did you did you ever watch Scrooge McDuck where he had that money bin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think after a performance like that, Daniel Levy goes back to his money bin. Yes, there. and makes himself feel a He's lot like, better. Oh, hug my money, hug my money. I feel better. Uh, James Hawkins says we have a nice new house, thanks, Mister Levy. But we have a second-hand furniture, <laughs> also thanks, Mister Levy. Ownership needs to be changed to proper investment made. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. That seems to be a running theme from all of those uh, comments. I'm, I'm definitely, if you imagine the swing with a Levy in Levy out, I'm definitely swinging now towards Levy out. It's getting just, it's yeah. getting to the point now where, look, he's done a lot for the club, i.e., the, the stadium, and he does make investment, but he just. He makes too many. He he make he's made too many mistakes, and he's just let us down too many times. You know, it, it's it, the perfect example is what you what you said earlier in the podcast when we had we had the opportunity, like we was second behind Leicester, wasn't we? If we'd have made yeah. the investment that year, yeah. we could have won the title the following year, couldn't we? Yeah, definitely. Realistically, yeah, definitely. could have won the title. Now yeah. we couldn't be any further away from that title. No, no, we're and that's uh, his we're fault. more. We are more concerned with the teams below us right now than we are above yeah. us, and that's and that's, that's his fault. It's his fault. Massive change. It is. It's, it's, it's solely fault. on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, he'll sack more managers and yeah. blame them. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it works. Uh, mate, we got to wrap it there. Um, we could probably go on for longer, but we need to wrap. Um, thank you to everybody for listening. I hope we not depressed you too much. Um, we did run through everything. Tottenham play again Monday night versus Everton at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, hopefully, hopefully we can muster some sort of performance to win that game. Um, I am not looking forward to it. No, you'll you'll have to tell me what happens because I'm not watching it. I just no, I don't I need that negativity in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough of that. I'm married, he says. Okay. Anyway, uh thanks mate. A big thank you to everyone for listening. Take care. We'll be back next week. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.